All right. Welcome to the Chaz Palminteri Show. We have a new episode today, another old school episode, but he's not really, he's old school, but he's kind of new school too. He kind of drifts out of both worlds here. He's a really talented guy. Before I bring him up, don't forget, go to my podcast, chazpalmentari.net. Don't forget to subscribe. Right now, you've got to subscribe. Hit that like button, because that's important. Uh, that's how I get these great guests on the show, man, the old school episodes. We have a guy, uh, I'm actually working for the guy. You believe this? 30 years ago, I put him in a movie, Bronx Tale. And now he's the writer, directed star in a series called Gravesend. Here he is, Willem DeMeo. Will. Thank you, Chaz. Really? I appreciate those kind words. Buddy. No, it's great to have you on the show, man. I mean, 30-something years ago, you were in the candy store scene, right? In front of the candy store. You and Peter. Absolutely. Gaudio, right? Yes. And, I'm and my gonna... friend Lenny. My friend Lenny, who was a friend of mine from Brooklyn, who got the other part. Is Lenny still around? Yes, he is. He's oh, still... God bless. Yeah, that's yeah, good. Thank God. Yeah. Yeah, that's good. But who would think that, I don't know, 30 years later... I'm working for you now. I mean, this is crazy, man. Well, it's a dream come true for me, absolutely. Well, thanks. I mean, the thing I always tell people about him, I said, let me tell you something about him, about this guy. I said, he says something, he does it. You've been telling me for two years I want you on the show. And I said, Will, it's okay, because I know, you know, you're on, a, you're on a certain budget, and I get it. I totally understand that. You know, and, and I get what I get. And you can say, no, I'm going to work it out. You're going to be on. And I said... My agent called me. He said, yeah, Willem said he's gone. I said, look, don't, don't pressure the guy. It's fine. I like the kid. It, it, you know, it's, it's probably not going to happen. And one day my agent calls. He goes, Willem called. Willem DeMeo called and said, the money's in escrow. It's there. I was like, what? I was blown away. I met with you. I talked with you. You treated me first class like I was on a $100 million movie. And I tell this to any other actor who wants to be on and work with you. You treat people uh, tremendously. A low-budget movie, but you do the right thing and you treat them great. Um, and we're talking about it, so Gravesend. I, I appreciate that. Gravesend. I mean, before we talk about... I mean, well, before we get into that, tell us, that, how did you get the part in Bronx Tale? Well, well that's the thing that I... Um, the story, I wanted to bring up that story about yeah. that. As like, so uh, we, we, I was supposed to be one of the stickball kids. And uh, so I, I get to Astoria and I'm, I'm walking on the streets and I'm looking at all these old cars and all the props. I never did anything before. I've never been in a movie. Right. And I'm on the street and I'm looking around and I'm like a kid in a candy store. I'm, I felt the energy just went through me like this is amazing. And I was just supposed to be one of the kids playing stickball. Right. And... Uh, Bob comes over. They uh, Bob De Niro, and he had Bob, yes, Bob De Niro had. A, I think his bodyguard was Jerry Orange. I think was the guy's name. That's correct. Yes, who came with him? I remember that. He, yes, African American guy comes over, and they, the people said, everyone line up against all the stickball kids. There was about twenty five of us. Said everyone line up against the wall. We need people for a certain scene. And line up against the wall and Robert De Niro walks over and he's looking at all of us and the first person he pointed to was me and I had a mustache at the time but he said the mustache has to go <laughs> and then Peter and my friend Lenny next thing you know I'm in a hair and makeup trailer and I'm getting my hair and makeup for a scene and it was just supposed to be you know the girls pull up in the car and we try to pick them up on the corner exactly. and it was just improv and everything and it was just like 
I couldn't believe that I had Robert De Niro directing me, my idol from a kid, a guy who, I mean, who didn't love Robert De Niro? Right. And I'm there, and Robert De Niro is directing me, and he's like, go back. And, uh, and, then, I, and then they tell me I'm eligible for SAG, which I didn't even know what SAG was. I didn't even know what the... I, I'm like, what is SAG? They're like, right. you don't even realize the potential, what you have going for you now, kid. People are telling me, you can join our union. You, can join the, you can't get in the union unless you have a job. You can't audition for a job unless you're in the union. Yeah. Unless a strange job. thing yeah. happens like this, where Robert De Niro says, I don't care. I don't care if he's not in the union. Put him in the union. That's like a miracle. To exactly. Happen. It's a miracle. And, and I was just like, I was blown away by that. And right. I said to myself on my ride home back to Brooklyn that, this is what I want to do. I found wow. my calling. You found your calling. And I want <clears throat> to be an actor and, and go further with it. And then, you know, I looked up at looked at people like you and, 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 and admired people like yourself. And I just always wanted to get better and to just keep doing right. it and get n better actors and, and well-known actors in my projects. And, uh, you know, I, I can't be more grateful for where I am right now. Well, now, you grew up in Gravesend. I grew up in Gravesend, Bensonhurst. Both, yeah, I grew up, I was born in Bensonhurst, and then, which was right next to Gravesend, and then as a kid, I, I grew up in, in, in Gravesend in my neighborhood. Now, when people say, uh, where are you from? They say Bensonhurst. And then, do they say, or do they just say Gravesend? Well, well you know, some people don't know Gravesend. Now people know Gravesend. Yeah. Now a lot of people know Gravesend, but that's that's where I, I I grew up. I went to Catholic school there, right. and um, it was just an amazing place to grow up because we it was just like the Bronx Tale. I knew everyone. We knew everyone. We hung out, and that's that's the the greatest part of it. And that's what I love about my show, bringing that back. The block parties, the right. feast, the feast, neighborhood, the neighborhood, just everything about it. And what's great is that my life didn't change because. Some of the guys that are on your show today are friends of mine too that you were interviewing, and right. we all we just hang out together, and we didn't. It, it's all the same because I stay right. with old school people, and we all hang out, and we get together at least once every two weeks, and it's just a great group of people, and we hang out, and it's, it's just like we're sitting on the stoop, same exact thing, just a different location. Exactly, and there's a lot of times it's in the neighborhood and stuff right. like that. Now, you know? now tell us about the show. Uh, could you give us a brief synopsis about it, or what's it about? Or of course, yeah. So you know, the first season we had only four episodes, but it's about it centers around a character named Benny Zoletta, who is a soldier in the Colezzo family, and the people above him, the people below him, everything that he has to deal with, the neighborhood, the stress of everything that goes on, taking care of problems, taking right. care of beefs which a lot of wise guys do. They're always, you know, straightening always things. Yeah, there's always they're straightening something out for someone. Oh, so okay. Benny's torn between all that, the loss of his mother, and his father don't talk to him because he got into the street life. And then um, going into season two, there's this whole Florida element and all that, and then we bring great characters like you're the character you play, Cesar Tremaldo, who's the boss, who, you know, right. people button heads and everything that goes on. Uh, now tell us some of the, the wonderful actors that are in your, uh, uh, you know, Series. Well, Andrew Dice Clay, Armand Asante. Right. I feel like people are saying that we have the expendables of the wise guys. That's a very um, good point. You know, we have yeah, you yeah, know yeah. the legends like you and Armand Asante, guys who've right. been in such great movies, and, and Tony Darrow and Chuck Zito and William Forsythe. Vincent Pastor. Vincent Pastore, of course. Yeah. Um, it just goes on. Al Sapienza. Uh, it just Chris my, Russo. 
um, James Russo was James in the, Russo, James, sorry. And then Fran Drescher, right. um, Sophia Milos. Um, My daughter? Yeah, your daughter Gabriella. is Gabriella. She phenomenal. got hired two years before me. Yeah, your daughter is phenomenal. My she, daughter, Gabriella. Your daughter is going to be a star, no two ways well, about it. You. Not even thank a question. Your son is in the show as well. Yes. And he did a great job, and my son. Uh, your son, Christian. Yes. Great job. Yeah, he's doing very well. Um, yeah, and then, uh, you know, Al Sacelli, who's... Al Sacelli, that's yeah, right, who was with a, me in Bronx. And Vic DiBattetto, and Tommy Romola, and Pete Gordio, and... It just goes Jesus. on and on and on. Wow. We have such great people. You gave a lot us. of people work. Yes. And <laughs> and you know what? I couldn't have asked for better people to be well, part you, of the you show. Well, you real people. Exactly. Well, that's what the Bronx Tale was. Bronx Tale. The only actors in Bronx Tale were me, Bob, and Joe Pesci. Yes. That's it. Yeah. Everybody else was from And me. I almost can't forget Joe D'Onofrio, who played Slick in a Bronx Tale. He's in our show, too. That's right. Joe D'Onofrio. And Louis Venaria. That's right. Louis, Venaria Louis played, who yeah. played Crazy Mario. Yes. So it's like Holy a little shit. bit of a Bronx Tale reunion too with that. Now, you what know? would you say, William? Hey, well, you might you might say you maybe you already said it. You probably already said it, but what was your defining moment in your life? Like some people have two or three defining moments. But what was the defining moment and you said, Okay, this changed things. Was it the first time you worked at Bronx Tale? Well, that got me started. Right. But then there was a few different different things that always stuck out with me. And one was Boss of Bosses. We did that together. Yes, when I played young Carlo Gambino. Uh, th and uh, really, um, when when I got to work alongside of Travolta in the Gotti movie, but to be like his right-hand man in, in that, wow. and to work like so close to John Travolta, and then to work so close to Bruce Willis in a movie called First Kill. Uh, and then, you know, my films, like my, my boxing movie back in the day when we hired Alec Baldwin, like that elevated like my cast list to get Alec Baldwin in my sure. movie. Sure, Alec Because so I remember when I used to, when I first started this and I would get on the phone, I would try to reach a Chaz Palminteri and try to get him in one of my projects or Harvey Keitel and I'd call their agents. They would hang up on, I wouldn't even get, you, I couldn't you even. you never get anywhere with it. I never could, they would never take me seriously now they call me right back because right. they because I have the credibility yes. and 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 I'm hiring people like you yeah. and, and and the show has credibility and to have the show repped by like the CAA people right. and, and just you know I, I I knew I had something special when I had um, CAA um, working with me on my show and the I knew that when I got in the door to go into CAA I knew right then that. I had something special with, with Grace. Oh, yeah. I mean, CAA. Yeah, yeah, I'm not media. sitting with the number one television agents. Look, no look, question. You know, so I knew right. that I was really playing ball. Wow. You know, when you walk into, like, you know, you know, though, you've, yeah. you've had that happen to you. Yeah, right? you have a son. I have a son. Yes, you have a son. My wow. son. Yeah, my son's. And 20. you're very close with your son. My son is my world. My son I, is. I see you guys. My on son the set. He's is. Like, my it. son is my best friend. He's my world. He is, uh, you know, and the, I'm so fortunate that I get to experience working with him like this too, and that he's always with me, and that yeah. he's 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 a good kid. Because today, you know oh, how I it know. is with the he's kids. A very it's, good it's, kid. He's a really good kid. He's got a lot of respect. A good kid. He doesn't. He's not like a way mouths off like he could where he could. Certain kids with their, their fathers, this boss, always a gentleman, always sweet, always nice. Like your son. I mean, well, thank you. Well, you got to, you know, it comes from the father. 
and the mother. And that's what I'll say also about that I want to yeah. bring up about your daughter, which when she came and first she auditioned and she right. did, and everyone needs to know that your daughter earned that role yes. because of her talent. She was the best person that auditioned. Right. When she came to set and she came to work, she didn't come entitled. She never said, I'm Chaz's daughter. Right. She came there and she did a great job and it, she just worked from the bottom up and I think that's remarkable because sometimes yes. when they have parents of your no, caliber. Yeah. Yes, not my children, no. They know, and I always told them, I said, look, can I open doors for you sometimes? Yes. I said, but you, you gotta get the part. Nobody's gonna hire you because you're my daughter. Nobody's gonna hire you because you're my son. And not only do you have to be good, and I tell this to people out there, you gotta be better than good. Because people gotta look at you and go, well, I mean, it might be his daughter, but look at her. She's great. Exactly. You know, I mean, you have to be great. And believe me, I, my son and my daughter and my wife who's in the business, if, if there's someone who's better than them for the part, I can't do it. I can't do it. You got to earn that part, babe. And that's how I taught them. My daughter now is in London studying, uh, studying at the Royal Academy. My son graduated Berkeley School of Music. He lives in Beverly Hills in California. So they, they worked hard. They, my daughter goes to University of Michigan. She was off for the summer. What does she do? She goes to London to study at the Royal Academy. So they work, they want to be great. And I, and, I, and I see that in your son. He's just a good kid, a, a gentleman, and uh, never yells, never a bad word out of him. Uh, listen, we could be big, the biggest successes in the world, Will. If you don't have good kids, you get broken heart. Absolutely, broken and heart. I've seen it happen to people, good friends of mine too, when the I've kids killed them. You know, we know some of the people that have lost you know, kids to terrible things and great people too. Drugs, to this, to that, to uh, getting whacked or hurt. I mean, did you always, were you ever tempted to get into the life or you just said, no, this is not something well, I want to do? Well, the thing is, is that um, in my neighborhood, growing up in my neighborhood, uh, I remember when I would walk, you know, I'm from Avenue U, and Avenue U is a place where there are so many people, the street, was so heavy in, in, uh, in the neighborhood. Was Avenue U the big wise guy, Avenue? Well, there was a lot of them near me, but <laughs> Avenue U was just like, there's, there was a there was a crew, there was a club called the Mother Cabrini where like all five families, top guys would sit there all the time. And I remember as a kid, I would ride my bicycle up and down and I'd see, they would, on every block, every single block all the way up, was two social clubs on every two block. Clubs, right. Every block. Every block. With the windows painted. Yeah, every... And, <laughs> and it's just funny how, like, you're a kid and you drive by, right. you're on your bike and you see these guys with the big pinky rings and they're outside and they're bigger than life. Right. So, of course, you, you, you look up to that because, you know, you see these people that are bigger than life. Right. But, but then when you see like everything that's involved with it and everything what like that. Yeah, guy. you know, right. it's not something that I ever wanted to, but I have a lot of respect for guys like that because like I've, I know guys like that just from being in the neighborhood. And I, I, some of my closest friends were people I grew up with that right. went into that life. They were just, right. the kids I played baseball with became main guys. Right. These are kids I went to school with. Wow. They, were, they were just friends of, <coughs> just oh, friends that I grew up with. Um, God bless you. Yeah. And, um, and I also kids I went up went grew up with became cops. That's the neighborhood is really basically mostly a blue collar type of neighborhood. Blue collar, either you're a cop, you're a wise guy. 
Yeah. So, Garbage men, something, sanitation, yeah, post so, office. So a lot of sanitation guys and, and, right. the, and the cops and even, even the street guys got along with the cops. Right. They, they had a mutual respect for each other. They didn't bother each other. You know what I'm saying? They right. didn't, you know, and just the neighborhood was just filled with that. That, that was the neighborhood. But yeah. Um, but you know something, Will? It's, you brought up an interesting point. Like, I had a close friend that I grew up with. We, we played basketball together. He was a great guy. Nice guy. And as the years went on, obviously we lost touch because he was in the life and I was doing what I was doing. And then 1994, I'll tell you this quick story. I get nominated for Academy Award and I go back to the neighborhood. I see all my friends and I see him. Now, I, f I found out before I saw him, I, I heard he got made. Okay, he's a boss now but and he's away, but he's away. Okay. But a big boss, legitimate boss. And... Um, so I saw him. At that time, he just got made. So we all sat around talking, and I happened to say to him, just like we're talking now, I said, I want to say his name. I said, come on, what the fuck do you know? You know, just like, we always talk like that to each other. And I could feel the tension with everybody. And I was like, what the fuck? And he just said, Jens, can I talk to you? I said, what's the matter? He goes, you know, they give you the walk, you know, the elbow yeah, walk. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So I walked to the side with him, and he said, uh, you heard about me, right? What happened? I said, what? You know, they never say it. Yeah, of course. You know, uh, what happened, you know, with me now, the thing, you know, and I go, and then I realize that, oh, shit, that I forgot that he, he got made recently, about a week ago. I said, yes, yes, congratulations. And I hugged him. I said, listen, that's great. I know that's what you wanted. Yada, yada, yada. He goes, you know, I, he says, just do me a favor. He goes, you can't talk like that in front to me in front of people. Even though he was like boy like that, it's a different thing friends. in front of people. Like because yeah, it was, was athlete, a friend, a close friend. You say that to me, but I was like, "You're right." Because it's a different. I respected him. I said, "You're absolutely right." Because I knew the, I knew the fucking rules, and I was wrong. But I didn't know, and he knew that. So he said, "Yeah, yeah, I know. I figured that. I love you. I said, I love you too." But it was different. No, of course. Well, to give you some scenarios, like even some friends of mine that wanted at one point to I gave like all these movies I made through the years sometimes I give my friends a one line or a two liners they get a couple little parts so some friends that I grew up with in the neighborhood I gave them little little parts and stuff right. like that and and a few of those guys were before they got that were in my movies and then after they get it they can't be in the movies anymore cuz so that happened a few times too some other guys that I ran into down the line I said maybe you want to be in the, not, can't do it now you know what I'm saying? So I've I've had that happen too. Why just they can't do it now? Why is because that? they're they're straightened out. They got made, so now they don't. Now they, they can't do it. Wow. Yeah, few guys, friends of mine, just just neighborhood guys, like like a Bronx till yeah. You want to hire guys that, that if you know can get it. And um, no, you're right. But it, see, people don't understand. They go, this guy's made, that guy's made. Now I'm not saying it's never happened, Will, but anybody who's really made is not in the movie. I mean, really made, I don't know. I, there's a couple of guys that I, I met and analyzed this. I heard this guy was made. I, I said, I, I'm sorry. If you're really made, you don't go in a fucking movie. What do you think about that? The people from my neighborhood and just people in general that yeah. I know just from just being around that are in that life, don't have social media. <laughs> right. Some of them don't even have phones. Right. I know some. I know some guys who literally don't even have a phone. Right. They don't have no social media. They will never be on TV. 
So there's a lot of real guys that would never do that. Never so, do so that. I, never, to be honest ever. with you, sometimes guys try to play that card that on made. movie sets that they're exactly. and because they look the part. And they want they the part. People go, oh, he's a made guy. We got to put him in. But the, the difference, oh, but the difference is, is they look the part and they can act the part in front of people in the movies, but they can't act the part in front of the real guys because the real guys know. So that's the difference. Wow. I'm saying because a guy that puts a suit on, manicured nails, pinky yeah. ring on, can walk into a place and be in somewhere or maybe a small right. town and everyone thinks he's a mobster. Exactly. You put that same guy on Avenue U around real guys, right? and you know that they know that there's a difference. There's a difference. You know right. what I'm saying? So many people thought still think that I was in the mob. And I and I and I, I say I was never in the mob. I never been arrested. I, I went to college. I, I just know these guys. I grew up with them. They were my friends. And I was just good as a, as an actor. I was good at understanding them and getting of their course. mindset. You know, but I was never a made guy. I was never even close to being a made guy. I was never in the mob. So Well, you're a great actor. You know you come from a neighborhood. You have a presence to you and when, when you think of guys that play wise guys, like, and I'm not just saying it because you're sitting next to me, and that's why I always wanted to get you. You are the perfect, per listen, you're, you're versatile and you can play a lot of roles. Right. You And we've it's been proven already. Well, thanks. thanks. But when you play one of those roles, like, I mean, there's no one, and this is what's crazy, like when you told me about, what, what, the story about you when you were, did your your movie Bronx Tale right. and you had your one man show and you were pitching it and the Hollywood people like wanted to get different people right. to play. Let's who in the world could have played a better Sonny than you? Who in the world could have played a better Sonny than you? Well, so yeah, well I thank God that Bob uh, gave me the shot. Uh, you know, but I, but I'm very I'm very honest about that and I try to be humble about that and that is. If I didn't write Bronx Tale, I definitely wouldn't have played it. The only way I was going to play Bronx Tale is because I wrote it and I controlled it. And I kept turning down the money until it got over a million dollars. And I said, here's the deal. I play Sonny and I write the screenplay. Oh, no deal. No deal. And so finally, Bob De Niro saw it one night in the theater and he loved it. And he said, look, if you sell it, they're going to come to me anyway, which he was right. He goes, but I would rather come to you. I, want, I think you'd be great as Sonny. I think you should write it because it'll be honest. It's about your life. I'll direct it, and I'll play your father. And he goes, and he goes, and I'll make it right. And if you shake my hand, that's the way it'll be. And that's how it happened, bro. So it was like, it was the foresight that he had to say, all right, this kid's for real. I'm going to give him a shot. You know, I mean, he it basically, but he had to because I wouldn't have sold it. I wouldn't have. I would have died with and it. And that I give you so much credit. And if you think about it, who could have played a better Rocky than Sylvester Stallone? He did the same thing. Yeah. He stood out. He, 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 he. It only happened twice, Rocky and then me. You know, I mean, it, it doesn't happen often that, that you really get away with that. Usually they offer you enough money where you just go, fuck it, all right. I mean, I, don't forget, I had no money to bank and I got offered over a million dollars. And I said no. Such but, a story. It's amazing. Yeah, but you know, when you really believe in something, look, you believed in Gravesend, right? You believe that I could do this. I could write this. I could direct it. People must have said, well, come on, get another guy. Uh, get a director. Uh, get somebody, get friends to write it. I mean, I'm sure you... You, you know how many people in the beginning when I first when I first started the first four episodes, 
when I first started, people said, you have to get another director. How are you going to do this? You need to get other eyes on it. Right. And, I, and I directed it. And then those same people that in the beginning were saying you, you shouldn't take that chance, were like, we're glad you directed it. You, it's your neighborhood. It's how you grew up. It's what you wanted. It's your vision. Right. And, and it catapulted me when I started for the second season. Everybody was, was, was all, on board with that. Was, everyone was on board. Yeah, I mean, Blake Edwards said to me once, if you're going to fail, fail with your own guns and decide. Don't let somebody talk you into somebody else directing, and then you do it, and it doesn't work, and you go, fuck, if I would have directed it, it would have worked. If, 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 if something's great, you take the credit. If something's failed, you go, hey, I did it my way. Exactly. I can't complain. I did it the way I saw it. I'm happy. Good or bad, I'm happy. That's it. So that's important that you feel the way. And I tell you that as a friend. You do it. If you feel a certain thing in your gut, you do it. And if it works, it works. If it doesn't, it, that's it. It's okay. Like, And I killed myself to get us to the finish line. And it's just remarkable, like, as this has been progressing, how many more fans the show gets and how many people right. are messaging us and asking for more and more and more. So... I, I really feel really strong about what's now, about to happen. if somebody happen. wants to see the show, what do they have to do? Right now, it's on Amazon Prime and Tubi, but uh, Amazon going Prime. forward, uh, that's probably going to change. With some, with, we're in the works of getting that. And it's called Graves then. Yeah, originally it was called The Neighborhood, and what happened is, is another show came out called The Neighborhood while I was in the process of getting it made. So then I thought about it, and I said... Uh, the neighborhood where a lot of these guys like Carlo Gambino lived five blocks from me um, in Gravesend and Tommy wow. Karate and a lot of different guys wow. come from Gravesend. I said there's a lot of wise guys that come from Gravesend, but not only that, in the life, a lot of times the grave is the end. So it it kind of made sense for both, for both parts Ooh, of it. I never heard that before. So that's now, where... Did Paul Castellano come from Gravesend? No, um, no, I don't think so. I think he's from downtown Brooklyn originally. But, but, but Pilati, he came from Gravesend. Tommy Pilati? I'm not, I'm not sure. Oh, okay. There's so many guys that either from Bensonhurst or Gravesend. I mean, the whole Colombo yeah. War happened in the streets of Gravesend and Bensonhurst mainly. Right there. And you know, when Nikki Black was killed was a block away from where I grew up. One block away when um, Scarpa killed um, Nikki Black. It was one block away from where I lived, right right there on McDonald's. Nikki Scarpa? When um when oh, um when me. Greg Scarper Greg killed yeah, they, killed um Nikki Black that was one block yeah, away. What did they call him? He was the uh, the Grim Reaper. The Grim Reaper. Why they call him the Grim Reaper? Well, what do you think? <laughs> him, you know. Yeah, he was a bad guy, man. He was a, a tough guy. He's, he's not around no more, right? But but if you think about it, he had he had. Oh, I'm, yeah. Get off that. Well, you know what right they now. say: you live by the sword, yeah. you die by the sword. Yeah. Yeah. You know, life is funny. You know, you get you get life whatever you put out there you get back well even in that life there are certain guys that have a certain way about them that you look so you know not to cross them but there's certain way there's good and bad and all and there's yeah. some of those guys are really stand up guys that don't hurt the neighbor and then there's, there's right. all different types of people you know what i'm saying there's guys yeah. in that life that'll kill you if if in you're a hobby over in nothing hobby. like over so nothing. There's certain people that over, are like, the, over a little not even a disrespect they, they think they've been disrespected but more of the power guys, you could always reason with them because they know. Because they're real. Exactly. You see, because they Just know said. who they are. So they don't have to prove who they are. And I, we, well, look, we can name a whole bunch of these, but we won't. But it's the guys 
who are the upper comers, I call them, you know, who really have to prove themselves and go way over bounds. And you say, it's the truth. What the fuck are you doing, man? Well, that's the thing. You know, well, you know, they think, well, I want to prove myself. You don't prove yourself like that. Because the basic, the basic thing of a boss is you, you got to have a pair of balls, but you got to be smart. Any wise guy who wasn't smart, fucked it up. Any boss who wasn't smart, fucked it up. You know, you don't talk on the phone. Look, the chin, we used to go, you couldn't even say his name. When he was alive, we used to go he like that. Point to his chin. You know, the chin. He, the reason why he lasted so long is he didn't know the phone, never spoke to anyone outside his few people. So they couldn't get him. I mean, the way they catch everybody is the phone. The tape. That's how they get everybody. Always. But he would never, he was old school, man. Old school. No phone, no nothing. Just whispered. And uh, yeah, he was something else. Uh, but let's not get into him. And, uh, but yeah, I know what you're saying, but it's really amazing. But I like when you, the movie, I like the series, Will, because you do it not like a cartoon. You do it real. You don't do it like you, you were born in Orange County and you're doing some bullshit. You're retreading lines from The Godfather. You know, what you do is you hire great people and you let them be, bring, bring their personalities and self into the role. Yeah. Well, when you do this, as you know better than anyone, look, there's going to be similarities to anything. You can't, do of something course. without similarities. Of course. But you try to give it your own look at it in yes. your own way. And people are, it's always going to sell because, listen, I mean, everyone right. loved The Sopranos every Sunday. That Sopranos was, was a great, great series, let's be honest. Yeah, and great everyone series. wanted to see it right. every, every week. And we just, I just felt like that the, where I grew up in the neighborhood that I, that I come from, that there was so many stories to continually tell. And not just yeah. only about the street, just about the neighborhood and what it was like and everything about well, that's it. That's great, because time. we talk about that, that these neighborhoods are dying off now. And maybe 10, 20 years from now, they won't be here anymore. So it's great that you are filming this and putting it in a time capsule so people could see it forever. That's a pretty big responsibility, Will. Well, it's hard because to yeah. do a period piece today, you know what I'm saying, it's when everything's changed. And you do it great. You, know? you really do. Well, I appreciate it's that. It's a pleasure to work for you on Gravesend. You're a gentleman. You're an extremely talented young man. And I say young man because you are. I and, appreciate uh, it so uh, much. It's great to see you from, I don't know, almost 30 years ago when Bob and I cast you as the young boy. And now uh, here you are. So that goes to show you folks, all you gotta do is have guts, keep on going, move forward. Here's a guy, a classic guy from Gravesend, Brooklyn, but Bensonhurst, who just kept, said, this is what I wanna do. I wanna be an actor. I don't care how long it takes. And now he's got a big series, writes, directs, stars in it, produces it. What can I say? I mean, Willem the Mayo, it's a pleasure to have I, you on the show. I appreciate it. And one other thing I just wanted to sure. check is that when I, when I got the role and analyzed this, and I played the character Al Pacino, and analyzed that, the second one. Oh, that's right. Yes. Just even that, to think that Mr. De Niro, Bob, um, you know, he gave me the shot, you and Bob gave me the shot, and then I'm working across from him. That was just another point in my life. And then the thing with Travolta, too. I'm a kid, and um, I'm the biggest Saturday Night Fever fan. Oh, from that's Brooklyn. right. That was your time. 
Saturday Night Fever was like growing up in Brooklyn and and Welcome Back Carter and uh, John Travolta was bigger. And then to yeah. work across from him and then to bring him back to my neighborhood wow. in front of 10,000 people and bring him back to the Lenny's Pizza with, in front of so many people. I mean, wow. I couldn't ask for more. But I have to ask you, because I always ask old school guys, in Brooklyn, where's the best pizza you like to go? In Brooklyn. I'm a Spumoni Gardens L&B guy. Spumoni Gardens. L&B, Very that's my great. name. That's right near my house. And that's and then they're the best people to me, too. I love them. So right. and there's the a lot of great places. There's a lot of great places. But if you had to go one place, that's where you would go. I go. Yeah, for but the, there's a, yeah, for our, the, far, the four hours. The, the, the Farrah's. The Farrah's. Lenny's Pizza. Yeah. Um, uh, pizza Wagon. There's um, Lucali's. Um, Lucali's. 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 I mean, come on, my you friend You know what? Mark, I, that's, I mean, that was unfair. I shouldn't have said that because there's so many great places there. There's so many great places. How about places? just an Italian restaurant like pasta or anything? Well, even though I, I love Michael's. I love Michael's. Michael's, is great. Michael's where Michael's, we shot. Where we shot. I yeah. love Michael's. I've Michael's been is amazing. And also, the, the restaurant at Spumoni Gardens is really good, too. It's right? good. I ate yeah. there. Yeah, it was great. It's really good. Yeah, I you walked know, in today. Ponte Vecchio and, uh, and my friend owns Ponte Vecchio. And, uh, used to go there to Ario's, I think. Right? That's right, Said Ario's. Reno, yeah. Reno. Ponte Vecchio, yeah. Oh, my God. Reno, how are you? I haven't seen you in years. I like. I know, I he's great. Him. And and you, you, I remember years ago, you used to go to Pazzo. You used to come to Bay Ridge. Pazzo. I love Pazzo. Back in the day. Because my friends... Used to go to one on one. Remember one on one? Yeah, and I remember people tell me Chaz was here. Chaz was here. Yeah, I, I would go there. Still... I would go visit my friend Stephen, who lived there, and he'd go, oh, "Come on, let's go to one on one and eat." And we would go eat, and it was great. And I love that in Cross Street was there was a club across. You know, you don't remember. I'm older than you, but I went to the penthouse. That was before pastels. That was before pastels. Then it became pastels. Yes, pastels was great. Pastels was was, was that was a great place. place. Yeah. yeah, the most beautiful Italian girls in the, the world. The pastels was of something else. Was yeah. something else. Always a beef, but there's always, it was always a fight. You can never. There was three fights a night. Three fights there, a night. Yeah, yeah. The testosterone level was high in Brooklyn. Too high. You know man. what I'm saying? Even in the Bronx too. I mean, it was the same. Absolutely. You know these neighborhoods, Morris Park, and these neighborhoods. You know, I mean, just there's the always way. a beef over a girl over something. Yeah. But it was fun. It was a fun growing up. It's been great having you, Will. Seriously. Thank you so much. You're the best. It's really a pleasure. I appreciate it. Gravesend. Check it out, folks. Willem the Mayo created it, stars in it, wrote it. It's really terrific and great, great actors. Again, go to my website, chazpalmentary.net. You can see my one-man show where I'm going to be starting September. October 1st, I'm going to be on Broadway for one night only. But in September, I am all over the place. I am at the Richfield Playhouse. Uh, I'm in uh, Pittsburgh at the Byram Theater. Just check out the website. Again, if you want some merchandise, or you want to shout out to uh, someone who's real special to you, jazzpalmetary.net. God bless you all, and see you next week.